Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Event Pros today. Well, it has been a minute since our last episode in the early pandemic months, but it is great to be back with you today and continue our conversations with event professionals. So prior to the pandemic pause, we were focused on leaders in the event industry, and we are now expanding that scope just a bit broader to include not only corporate event leaders, but also leaders in the arts uh, and those who are responsible for creating artistic programming. So in the studio today, I have the honor of talking with two amazing people who are creating phenomenal musical experiences across Atlanta. And now because of live streaming, they have a global audience. So it's pretty amazing. We have with us today the one and only Donald Milton III, who is the artistic director of the Atlanta Gay Men's Course, and the incomparable Dr. Melissa Rossi, who is the artistic director of the Women's uh, Atlanta Women's Course. So both Don and Missy have upcoming concerts that we're going to be talking about today that you'll be hearing more about and from their perspectives as directors. So in addition, you're going to be hearing maybe your own exclusive backstage pass to them as people too. So we're going to have a little fun with that, but it's going to be a great show. I'm so glad you're here. So with that, let's go. You're listening to Event Pros, the event professionals roundtable featuring conversations with leaders and influencers who are shaping event culture and current trends in the industry. From Dunlop Productions, your host and show producer, Dan Dunlop. Well, hey, Don and Missy, so good to have you here today. Welcome. Good thanks. to be here. Uh, thanks for not only taking time out, but time to hang out with me today but, uh, to talk about some of the great things coming up. But before we dive into your shows, Missy, I want to ask, how's your golf game doing? Okay, so I had a playing lesson last week, and I think we've come to some real understanding of what my issues are. So I'm, I'm having another lesson tomorrow, and I'm thinking that it's going to be a high, a low score. It's going to be a good spring season. for you. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you told me the most amazing show uh, story a, a few weeks back when we were together for, for the symposium event about your Scotland experience. Please tell me that one more time, because it's worth hearing it one more time. Just but, about this. Well, did you have like a, a, a kind of a good round Oh, that round. That yeah, one, yeah. 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 So, so um, we played the old course, you know, played okay, played new course. And, and uh, we went to King's Barnes and we were playing with two other Americans that were there, my husband and I. And um, so four, three guys and me. And I had this fabulous caddy. He was just on point. He played on the St. Andrews team. And he, his parents were longtime members of King's Barnes. He knew that course backwards and forwards. And I had 10 pars in a row. I, was, I beat all the guys. I was nice. just really Amazing. proud of myself. <laughs> it was really wonderful. Yeah, it was yeah, good. In Scotland. I mean, that's in some Scotland. bragging rights right there. In Scotland. In Scotland. <laughs> good job. Thank well, you. I so hope much. your spring is good and, you know, the Me scores too. are low. And You know, I've... Yes. I've I'm now yeah. the head of ladies golf yeah. at the club, which Ooh. is uh, something I really didn't want, but no one wanted yes. it. Because <laughs> you have so much time in your life for right. all that as well. I know. I know. Well, and if anyone follows Don on his Instagram, you know, he's always up to something amazing when he's cooking next. So anything interesting lately that has been really kind of memorable for you? Yeah, I haven't cooked a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I made, know. I made a Thai green curry pulled pork on mm. Friday that was 
really good. Wow. I, wait, that was a lot right there. A Thai green chili chili pork. Oh, yeah, with, wow. With, green, with pork. green curry, yeah. So oh, I, oh, yeah. Okay. It was really something. Are there pictures? Yes. Usually. Okay, okay. Usually. <laughs> you know, you know, you can just watch Don's Insta and as I'm saying, like, I'm very hungry right now, mm-hmm. but I, I'm very inadequate with what I'm eating compared to what he is. So anyway, so don't don't lose that because we we all follow you, you know, well, from and afar. You know, everything's from scratch. Oh, I know. Too. I That's know. what's amazing. I don't. Actually, yeah. I don't. Last night I made uh, king oyster mushroom scallops, which I saw on TikTok, where you like cut an oyster mushroom like a scallop and you fry it. And- mm. yeah. It was good. It, oh. it wasn't as good as a scallop, but it was yeah. very delicious. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had this harebrained idea back this summer. It was in July, I think. He saw something. He said, I have a big smoker. I'll, I'll have to show you sometime. Anyway, we did this. It was a watermelon. Yes. And we put it on the smoker. And it was on there for hours. And we put on there, guess what this is? And people were like, is it a ham? Because <laughs> we, it had been peeled. It, 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 is it, it couldn't figure it out, but it was pretty good. It was it still crunchy. Very and, weird. Yeah, it crunchy. was very weird. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It tastes kind of like ham. It was smoky. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. Odd. Worth, worth doing. It was, worth, it was fun. It was Interesting. fun. Interesting. Interesting. So anyway, mm-hmm. well, we follow you from afar. So uh, golf game, food game, keep it up because, you know, you're, you're <laughs> setting the trends even that way. So. Well, Don, you're getting ready for the Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus, which we affectionately call the AGMC, by the way, for those who need to know that. But the concert is coming up on April the 10th. And this is a big one. This is this is the 40th anniversary, the Rubyversary. Tell us about what's kind of going on with this thing. It's so exciting. You know, last year was our 40th season, but the season was, of course, cut by the pandemic. We did a lot of virtual things, which was wonderful, but not the same. So we decided to call our 41st season our 40th anniversary season so we could do all the fun stuff that we wanted to to do in that in that space our holiday show had a bunch of hits on it and this concert is it's so exciting it's a huge show we're doing it at the buyers theater in city springs we're inviting back a lot of our previous directors to to make music with us and we are i I spoke to alumni and our current members and said what are your favorite songs you've ever done in this chorus and we're doing a lot of those. It's, we've got the hit parade going on yeah, and a big special yeah. guest that we're going to talk about a little later. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Well, what kind of went into some of your selection process? I mean, what was your inspiration? I mean, it's a lot of pressure. It's a big show. But what, what was maybe drawing some of you in your early days of, of what's going to make the cut? Yeah, so I had these lists. I had the favorite holiday songs they'd ever done and favorite other non-holiday songs they'd done. And I had this big list of songs and so many great things, and they were all slow, and they were all long, right? Because those are the songs that your your heart goes into, like the the the, the slow, deep songs. And so my, you know, the first draft of the program was just slow songs, and you can't have that. <laughs> um, but but I went through and I spoke with my brilliant assistant director, David Artadi Bino, and he had some ideas of some fast ones that they'd done a lot in the past that we added in to just give it a. Uh, you know, the flow of a concert is yeah. super important. That's a big deal on any show. And so we have, so I went through, find, found those things, found a way to make the slow stuff work in that space. I asked previous directors what some of their favorite songs to do were. Yeah. So they're going to conduct some of those on the program, which is really neat. And, but I also wanted to look forward because any anniversary show, yes, you want to talk about what you've done in the past. And um, I am so lucky to conduct this chorus with a 40 year history, right? Yeah. It really means a lot to me, but we want to look at what, what we're doing next. Yeah. So there are also a bunch of premieres on this songs will be heard for the first time on this program. 
Uh, That's impressive. Yeah. We, um, we joined two choral consortiums. Uh, chorus is getting together to do, uh, to uh, commission large works. And uh, we're doing one this fall called, uh, this summer, excuse me, called Queer Z or At Queer Z, uh, uh, written by a 24-year-old Julian Hornick and about being queer in Generation Z in this age of social media that is so different than it's ever been. And uh, that piece is exciting and heavy and powerful and hilarious. And we're doing a hilarious song from that show on this concert. We'll be premiering that. And then we're premiering we another piece that we're going to be doing next season has an original work by Stephen Schwartz of oh boy. Wicked Fame. And that's a heavy hitter. It's a heavy hitter. And um, a lot of composers, um, Ingrid Michaelson wrote a piece for this, a lot of other big names. And she wrote a song and then someone else took her song and made it for chorus. Mm. Stephen Schwartz wrote a piece for men's chorus. He wrote all the parts himself. And uh, it is a beautiful song. The, the, the major work is called Songs of the Phoenix. And it is a beautiful song about after things have been difficult, you need to bloom. There will be moments where you will bloom fully and then wilt and then bloom again. And that's just so necessary yeah. for right now. Wow. Well, that's really amazing. Um, what other songs do you think are going to be real standouts for the audience? The show opens with a song from the major work, I Am Harvey Milk by Andrew Lippa, where yeah. Harvey Milk is telling everyone to just come out and be yourself. And it ends, literally the chorus just sings, come out, come out for like two minutes. And it's just one of the most powerful, amazing things. And it seems like that's too long. It's not. It's just like, <laughs> did you know that I sang the soprano part on that when the men did that the first me. time? So the AGMC? Yeah, yeah. It was it was very powerful. It's a heavy and, and literally you're singing, come on. Yeah. Yeah. You just want it's every, just yeah. wow. It is inviting it's, the people. It is it's, it's really powerful. A, a big yeah. and that's the opener, right? Yeah. And so that, yeah. that's where it yeah. starts. And so I'm really excited about that. Again, a lot of those hits we're doing. Um all the other directors got to pick their favorite piece that they've done in their tender in their, their tenure at the, as the, in the chorus. And so I felt a little jealous. So I picked mine, which is a song called sound off. Um, that is a piece for uh, chorus and pickle bucket played with drumsticks. Oh yeah. And it is a conversation between a member of the English aristocracy, a military member and a, an R and B singer. It's like nothing else. It's a very odd and incredibly engaging piece of music that wow. is going to be on this show as well. That was my, got to be my director's choice. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Because you have to just feel that for yourself too, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so the process, I'm sure you both have to go through. You have to just live with this music. It's got to be, it has mm -hmm. to be right. Some, and, and you wake up the next day and say, nope, that's not it. And you know, people always think that we love every song that we're programming. That's not necessarily true, but it has a purpose. It has a right. purpose. Right. It has a yeah. very important purpose in the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're driven by that. Absolutely. And I'm sure you feel this too. Sometimes the order of the concert has to change. Absolutely. Like you have an order that works and then the chorus starts singing it and you go, oh, this has to, this has to go somewhere else. Usually because it's amazing. Uh, something going so well, it has to go at a different part of the program because it went from being an, a piece that like, oh, this is nice here to no, no, this is an 11th hour number. 
Yeah. It has to go somewhere else. And yeah. I love that part of it too. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. just enjoyable in the rehearsal right. process. Right. Well, if, if a men's course isn't enough and director's coming back, uh, you've got a guest appearing that are you, are you able to even talk about that? We can starting like today. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us what's going on with this. So, uh, Several years ago, I went to see Becoming Nancy here in Atlanta. I don't know if you saw that Alliance Theater did it, premiere musical here. It was great. Really, really good. And um, the star of that show, uh, and I'll tell you, she wasn't the largest part in the show, but she just stole the show, was Jessica Vosk. Jessica Vosk is a, a Broadway veteran. She was Elphaba on Broadway for a long time, also in the touring cast. Um, she was uh, nominated for a Grammy uh, in... West Side Story, uh, where she did the show, uh, she played Anita, and someone I went to high school with, Al- Alexandra Silber, played Maria. And then I went to see my friend Alexandra Silber in Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway, and Jessica Voss was in that too. And so after becoming Nancy, we met in the lobby, and I told her that I've seen her on stage several times, how cool. And she said, well, if you ever want someone to come sing with your Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus, let me know. And I went, are you serious? <laughs> so... Um, we've been planning this for years. And so uh, she's going to come and sing a few numbers on her own, but now some new arrangements where she's going to sing with the Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus behind her. And it is, type her name into YouTube and have yourself an afternoon. It is something really special. She is such a talent and a joy to listen to and to work with. Well, that's a pretty nice introduction because she's actually on the phone right now. So, Jessica, hi. Hello, it's me. <laughs> this is so exciting. I, I, I could not miss a moment to, you know, surprise with you before we actually, you know, get together in person in Atlanta, my favorite place, to like walk around, eat, drink, and sing. Um, so, so I, we just had to make this happen. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for making this happen. So great. Jessica, the guys are so excited. I can't tell you, the men of this chorus are just like, they, 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 they talk about it all the time. They're sending each other photos of you. They're talking about your dresses. They're talking about all these things. And they, they just can't get enough of Jessica Vosk. <laughs> See, this is how I feel about the gay community, period. Because, uh, you know, the fact that they have circulated, you know, photos of dresses uh, means that I'm doing something right mm-hmm. in the fashion department. Uh, and and also the fact that, you know, hopefully the chorus is as excited to sing the lovely set list that, that we've put together. Um, and we get to do it together. All of our voices together is really what's making me the most excited. The fact that all of you seem to be as excited as I am for us to sing together. And maybe I will be a new member of the Atlanta Gay Men's Course. I know that doesn't necessarily uh-huh. make the most her. sense, but like an honorary member who, mm-hmm. and I will bring dresses, you know? So, so many dresses. So we, we, there's, you know, you could change between each song. We'll have a little. I little was just thinking that. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's so great. Um, 
we're, we're working on this music. Uh, the arrangements are brand new. So the guys are the first ones to ever sing them. Of one of, they're going to have so many premieres on this concert. Uh, it's a big concert about looking back and looking forward. So uh, a lot of looking forward stuff gets to be with you. Well, I mean, my, in my uh, mind's eye, it's, it's kind of a perfect thing to be able to talk about after these past two years of, of mm. craziness. Um, and the fact that I just get to be in, in a place again where I got to be super happy before uh, the Coco Roro, as I lovingly call it, happened in 2020. Uh, you know, now I'm back. I'm coming back April 10th and I get to experience the city, you know, post, post-apocalyptic madness. And, and I, I'm thrilled. I'm honored. Uh you know, we were just talking on, on this, this podcast that the guys are sounding better than ever. They're working so hard and I think they've just missed it, right? Uh, gay choruses are such a deep, important family atmosphere and these guys have missed each other, but also missed creating this incredible art and chances to do this kind of like life-affirming stuff in front of an audience, uh, audiences that have been supporting this chorus for 40 years. It's a big, big deal. All right, you two, are you, can you hint at any of the songs that might be on the set list without giving too much away? Anything we can tease us with? Well, we won't tease the big finale. The big finale is its own, its own thing. But uh, if you, if you um, pull up Spotify and Jessica's album, opening track is A Million Dreams, and we're doing a new arrangement of that. Yeah, and I've never, you know, I've I've sung a million dreams obviously on the album, and I've done it in in concert by myself with you know a backup singer. Um, I've never gotten the chance to do this with a full chorus. Uh, I it gives me goosebumps just thinking about the fact that we get to do this. I I can't wait to send it to the composers. Uh, you know the the amazing Pasek and Paul who've written like. I mean, they've written like really weird shows like Dear Evan Hansen and like, I think the greatest showman or whatever, but um, yeah, off, I mean, off Broadway. <laughs> really off, off Broadway. Like I hope they have some success. Um, so I'm going to, I can't wait to send this to them personally, just so that they can hear um, how beautiful it's going to be because it's never, it's never been done. I can't think of another instance where, where this particular song has been done um, at all. Uh, and so the fact that we get to do this together is as a, as a basic premiere of, a, of the game, of any gay men's chorus singing this particular song and I get to, to solo with it is insane, right? It's dreamy. It's totally dreamy. Dreamy. Um, Jessica put on an Instagram post that like, she's going to come sing with our chorus and it's going to be a, a big dream for her. And everyone freaked out because <laughs> they it's true. feel the exact same way, right? This synergy is so great. They're, they're equally as excited. So dreamy. Um, another uh, one that we're doing is one of my favorite uh, Broadway songs of all time, which is back to before from ragtime. You know, ragtime was the, one of the first like, main stage shows I ever saw live. Wow. I've been in high school. And uh, it just knocked me on my ass. It's such a great show. And I also remember uh, a moment of, you know, we got there and the only song I knew was Make Them Hear You because my high school choir had sung it. And that there was a, the part of Cole House will be played by the understudy. And everyone was like, oh no. And then he was of course incredible because understudies are incredible and just blew the roof off of everything. And, uh, but that song has just become one of my dearest favorites. And when I saw it on your uh, list of possible songs. I 
it was probably choice number one. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, again, like we've, we've had this discussion between us about just how incredible, you know, Aaron and Flaherty are as composers of, of any show and especially ragtime and especially the fact that back to before is subject matter that everyone can relate to right now. Um, because, uh, no matter how old you are, who you are, how you identify, uh, in any type of way, you can understand the fact that life was different two years ago than it is now. And I think um, to be able to be in a room with this particular chorus after this amount of time not being able to sing together, and there's something electric about voices coming together in the same room versus, you know, sitting on a computer for two years. And we've all done it and we've all made art and pivoted and done the thing where we are just. are surviving the best way that we know how to get to be in a room with people. And I always say that the audience members are, you know, the last piece of the puzzle as far as a cast is concerned, or as far as a chorus in this case is concerned. The fact that you get an audience again is quite possibly the most um, incredible feeling, gut feeling that I have where you look out and watch people enjoying something as much as you love performing it. And you know, that hasn't happened in so long. And this is a huge moment. I mean, it's your 40th anniversary. Um, uh, and I get to be there for it. It's, I get to crash the party. Come on. You get to be the party. <laughs> oh, baby. There's yeah. no doubt, but, you know, with the, the pandy, as you affectionately refer to it, <laughs> as, you know, it, it did remind us of the things that we, we, we didn't no longer had. And so there's <laughs> renewed joy and there's renewed um, passion and this coming together. This show, I think, was just ordained by the universe because to be our first real show after coming out like this with you here, it's going to be amazing. So thank you, Don. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. And thank you, Don, for the vision you had and just making all this come together. So. So lucky and people get come to this show. Oh, it's going to it's going to be a life affirming show for everybody on stage and everyone in the audience. I, yes, I can, I can attest to this two thumbs way up. I cannot wait to be with you in person, Don. I just can't wait to have the moment to, to sing out loud with this incredible chorus. It's, it's, and fit them all under whatever gown I'm wearing. <laughs> oh, Jessica, you are the literal best. I am so. <laughs> thanks. Me thanks too. For my time out on a busy day just to, to jump in here with us. So appreciate it. So oh, much. anytime, anytime. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye. Well, Jessica, we are really excited to have you here in Atlanta. Thank you for partnering with Don and the Atlanta Gaiman's Chorus for the April 10th show. Uh, it's going to be amazing. So thank you so much. Appreciate so that. exciting. Yeah, I know. So you've got, you've got some directors coming back. So that's kind of a, a really nice retro and a nod to the 40th year anniversary, right? Absolutely. You know, Jeffrey McIntyre started this chorus in 1981 in the South. I mean, come on. That is such a big deal that that Jeffrey had the courage to do such a thing, to to put ads in in the gay publications in town, yes, but also like in the AJC. And and to have men come together to, I mean, as that tired of the silence song, just to come out, to be themselves live in the world when that was a, a, such a bigger deal than it is even today. Uh, and in the state of Georgia, where you can still be fired for being gay, 
today. That is still true. It was much more common then. There were guys who wouldn't would ask not have their names in the programs and things like that. Uh, but Jeffrey has always been a huge supporter of this chorus. Um, he's been helping plan this whole concert, and uh, he he rearranged a piece that they did on the very first concert that the Aww. Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus ever sang, yeah. and he's yeah. conducting that on this concert. Can't help loving that man of mine, and he he wrote a note to the chorus with the most beautiful thing that that forty years ago it meant that you literally just couldn't help it, that the world was telling you not to do it, but you couldn't help it. That's who you are. And now he writes it with a different way because now that the world has changed, he thinks about it of the men in the chorus, the several couples that we have that have met and been married legally in the world. And in 1981, who could have imagined that? So it's really a beautiful, exciting thing that, and, and, Jeffrey is so supportive. He comes to rehearsal sometimes to hang out. It's just the best. And so we're very lucky. This is just so needed, you know, it, to, mm-hmm. to, to look at the past, to be remind, remember the past, but also to realize how far we've come, but also just to celebrate all the things that have happened in 40 years of this course through, I mean, think about politically what in 40 years, what has happened, you know, and the fact that the course is still with us today, it is enduring. It's a big yeah. deal, yeah. yeah. And uh, Kevin Robison, our, our longest tenured director, is coming back to conduct on the concert. David Puckett, uh, Robert Glore, who conducts our song. Uh, the um, the mixed LGBTQ plus choir in town will be conducting. And uh, our assistant director, David Artadibino, is doing a song. David's been the, the backbone of this chorus for over 25 years. So yeah. it's a really right. Right. Yeah. cool, exciting thing. And you kind of have a special MC too, right? Yeah, so uh, George Estevez from WSB-TV. George uh, came to Atlanta pretty soon before the pandemic, right? He hasn't been here that long. And uh, he's just such a great ambassador for the gay community. And he's just a joy to be around. He joined us on uh, our very first pandemic cabaret. Uh, He came and talked and spoke on that, which was so wonderful. And he just offered to, to be on this show, we are so lucky that George will be there, and uh, he knows how to work a room. And I yeah. know it'll be it'll really add a ton to the show. Yeah. I think your venue is a really interesting choice. Um, so tell us a bit about about that because it's it's OTP almost. It's it's nearly OTP. It's just right on that perimeter. You but know? you have some history with that venue yeah. though too. So the so. Byers Theater is a really cool space. It is uh, just north north of the city. And it opened five years ago. It's not a very old venue, but it's beautiful. They do a lot of musicals there. And I feel like it had all this momentum before the pandemic happened, right? Because all these shows were going up there. So I feel like we're lucky that we get to be in there and do that and to to work in that space. We haven't performed there yet, but um, uh, Cora Vocati did a really special piece up there. Considering, considering Matthew, Matthew Shepard. Thank you, Missy. Mm-hmm. Considering Matthew Shepard um, by Craig Heller Johnson, that is, it's a stunner of a piece. And they did the Atlanta premiere of that piece up, mm-hmm. up at Byers Theater in 2019. It was, yeah. yeah. And a very, very special moving thing. We were all, all in the audience. And, and our uh, members sang. Yeah. On the Beautiful. closing mm-hmm. choral movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's really something. So 
Uh, it's funny that movement was going to be on this concert, but again, the, the original uh, list for this 40th anniversary was concert long. was about four and a half hours of music. <laughs> and so we had to cut and cut and cut. And you get to the point where cutting a song feels like cutting a child. It's yeah, just, it just feels so bad. But, but then again, you, yeah. do want, you don't want folks to sit around for four hours. Yeah. No one wants a four hour concert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've worked in that venue. It's pretty spectacular. spectacular. And it's going to be a, it's going to be filled with a lot of good sound with mm-hmm. this course. It's going to be a great, yeah. great venue. So it seats just under 1100. Yeah. It's, if you haven't been up there, really, really nice place to see. And every show. seat is a great seat. Every seat's a great mm-hmm. seat as well. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot, some of the venues in Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, if anyone's listening to this and wants to open another concert venue, mm-hmm. Atlanta has a way too small of a supply for the demand of great music and theater spaces. It needs more of them. And so some of them are converted spaces mm. where you feel like you're a mile and a half from the stage. And so the Byers Theater is really cool because back row, you feel like you're there. You feel like, like, like when you go to a Well, Broadway it was built theater. more like an opera house. It was. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's got a yeah. high, a good rake to it, a really high yeah. rake. And that's, that feels nice for concerts, for plays, really wonderful. No doubt. No doubt. That's going to be beautiful. Um, so you have a kind of a special, uh, special call to action for some previous members, right? You don't you call them alumni, but if anyone who's ever sung is alumni, yeah, basically. Anyone but anyone who's ever sung in this yeah. group. And uh, we want them to come sing on this concert. That's a yeah. cool thing about our anniversary, too. We already have a couple dozen guys signed up to, to come and rehearse with us. And uh, at the very end of the show, oh, we'll give away this surprise. Um some alumni and the Atlanta Women's Chorus are going to come join us on stage to sing. I won't, I won't tell you what song it is. We'll we'll we'll, we'll keep that a, <laughs> keep that a secret. Okay, so you have the women alumni and the AGMC uh, all on the same stage. A huge oh plus my all the previous goodness! Directors and yeah. singing. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be a wow. thing. This is a hot ticket. Hot ticket. No kidding. Hot ticket. Yeah. Right. Um, it's going to be a really special thing. So we want all of our alumni to come back to come on stage and sing with us. All right. Um, uh, one of the songs is He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, which has been a song very dear to this chorus for a very long time. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I think we just got a little exclusive, a uh, little little. Hey, uh, I just thought right of there. one more thing about City Springs. What's that? The parking is great. It's great. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> great parking and it's cheap parking. It's you know cheap. how we care in Atlanta yeah, know, about right? parking. <laughs> it's easy. You roll in and right? roll out. I know, roll yeah. in and roll out. Yeah. Oh, we'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. deal. No deal. <laughs> Um, hey, before we transition to Missy, I do have a question for you. And I've been thinking about this, you know, just coming really through the last two years of the pandemic and and all that the AGMC has powered through that. You know, how do you feel like the course is, you know, reemerging or the resilience, resilience factor? I mean, can you attribute, you know, anything that has just been the lasting uh, ingredient that's made this just possible. I mean, coming it's celebrating our 40th year coming out of the pandemic. I mean, some courses, I think, are just probably rebuilding. You know, they've lost probably so many folks. Yeah. I think we thought we would have to, right? I think we both thought that, yeah. looking at Missy here, that, that what a hard time to not be able to be with your chorus family. And it mm-hmm. is a family that, that for, for many people, especially in LGBTQ choruses, right? that these are the closest people in your whole life. And we were able, we got together on Zoom every week, you know, we we weren't as like, completely apart, but that's not the same as singing together in a room. And so I think that we thought that we'd be way low on people, but also low on quality and not singing together for a year that maybe that would go away. And it just didn't happen. 
right? That yes, we were a little rusty, but mm-hmm. also I think I know my singers and I've heard yours and I'm sure it was the same. They were hungry when yeah, they got back. Definitely. Hungry to be together, yes. Hungry for the community, for the connection that we missed. But they wanted to work hard and it paid off in our holiday shows. I mean, the sound was, if anything, better than, than pre-pandemic. And that's, that's crazy from that what we thought before going into rehearsal, right? We just assumed it'd be rusty for a year and then we'd slowly get it back and rebuild the momentum. And, and I feel lucky that it didn't happen. But then again, like these guys don't let me down. You know, I ask a lot as a director. I'm a pretty pushy guy, uh, it, not in real life, but in a, in a rehearsal. <laughs> in, in real life, I'm fairly just gentle and kind. But in a rehearsal, I push really hard and they just go for it and they work and they work and it really, really pays off in the quality of their sound, but also in how much they they give in a performance. It flies off the stage in a way that audiences really love and also feels really good. You know, I, I watched a lot of nonprofits through the pandemic and not everyone made it. They just did, they didn't know how to retool themselves. Mm. You know, they were overcome with how do we stay connected or they didn't know how to keep their donor base. Uh, it was tough. I know really the, the, all the Zoom thing, but, you know, when you look back at it, probably that connectivity was part of the the genius, even though it was difficult, but it still was something to keep you connected so that when you came out of it, I guess we're coming out of it. Let's just speak that into the universe. Um, uh, but at least coming out of the, the the harshness of the last two years, you you had you had a, that base to build on. So I'm really, I'm really proud of you for doing that. And Missy and I have talked about this too, that we are really proud of the art we made in the pandemic. That art was hard to make. It was so hard. It was really hard to make, but like, it's good. It is really good. And we never want to make it again that right. way. Like, but we, we can be really proud yeah. of what we achieved and know that I never want, want to have to, to do that again. I don't want to work on Pro Tools anymore. Yeah. I want other people to do it. They're yeah. better than me at it. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it came down to down to a Pro Tools world, didn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. It did. And and that stuff is great. I learned things I never wanted to learn and yeah. I'm really sad that I know them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, well, Dawn, tell us quick the quick dates and times for the April 10th show. Absolutely. So these shows will take place the Ruby Versary. Originally we called it our Gala Anniversary 40th Gala 40th Anniversary Concert. That was too many words. So the 40th anniversary is the Ruby anniversary. We've got Ruby slippers all over our, all our things. And so our Ruby Versary concert with the Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus is on April 10th at the Byers Theater in Sandy Springs at 3 p.m. and 7.30. Tickets are available this week. Um, I think pre, they're up pre, now. Pre, pre, pre-sales are up right now. Yeah. And uh, tickets go on sale to the general public in the next couple days. Yep. Voicesofnote.org. Voicesofnote.org. Fabulous. Very good. Or Google search the Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus. It'll pop Follow up. all the social medias. You'll see it. Great. Well, it's going to be amazing. So um, you all get your ticket and get several, actually. So you've, you've, that's a, you've heard some really interesting things behind the scenes today with that one. And so, Missy, mm-hmm. your show is coming up on April 30th, just it a few is. weeks after the AGMC. And I love your theme. You know, the Thanks. whole finding home. Tell us about, tell us what kind of went into that for you and what brought that to life. So I kind of work in themes, just collecting all the time. And um, 
I'll go to my committee, the music production advisory committee, and they're all singers. And I will bring different folders of themes that are just packed with music and kind of throw things out there. And what do you think about this? And this folder just said home. That's all it said, home. And they really connected with that. They were like, yeah, it could be so many things. It's not really just about my home with my family, but where I make home and maybe the struggle of leaving home and and my heavenly home, perhaps, or my country as my home. And so we kind of hit all areas of home. But what's a cool link is Rubyverse anniversary show for AGMC. And obviously that tilts toward Wizard of Oz, right? Oh, you get it? got and it. And we're finding home. Come on now. That's and good. And we open with Home from The Wiz. Stop it. I love that. And we close with Already Home, which is from the uh, Wizard of Oz that uh, Lloyd Webber wrote with yeah. uh, Tim Tim Rice. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool that that those connections are love there. That. You know, Home was on was one of the late cuts from this yeah. program, too. We sang it during <laughs> the pandemic, and it's a perfect song, right? I mean, yeah, it's just— it's a great song. Absolutely. What a what a perfect song! And so, what a neat thing! I didn't know that until yeah. right, this moment. All right, yeah. that's beautiful. that's some beautiful synergy right there. I know, right? Yeah, I know. And you know, another thing that's very cool is in September. You know, we had learned music to have a June concert, and we just didn't feel comfortable doing it virtually. Couldn't have a live show, and um, so we pushed it off to September. But we had learned the music virtually, which means. We had learned it, sort of. <laughs> and then we got together, rehearsed three weeks in September and had a show at the um, Mabel House Amphitheater. The name of that show is Phoenix Rising. And when Don was talking about the Phoenix work that Stephen Schwartz has written, I'm like, mm, we are just connecting it's all so over the cool, place right? here. And our Phoenix Rising show is all about Atlanta and the different struggles and things that have gone through time in Atlanta. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. What do you think some of the songs are going to be the standouts in, in your show? So, I mean, what are we going to talk about the next day? There, there's a lot of um, of things that you will recognize. And, and we know that our audiences like to hear songs that they know. But then there's some things they don't know as well. And I think that some of the standouts will be from both of those categories. Um, we're singing Corner of the Sky because that's you trying to find your place, right? So the the first few songs really are, are capturing that feeling of, where do I fit in? Uh, Moana, how far I'll go. <laughs> you know, where do I fit in? I don't belong here. I'm not sure where I go. And then um, we are, well, we premiered it at the Gala Leadership Symposium, but we're really premiering it at our concert. And it's a piece called Boxes by Catherine Dalton. And um, Catherine lives in Minneapolis. And we sang one of her pieces, She Rises, for our ACDA performance, which was just before the pandemic. Like hours. Hours <laughs> before the pandemic. <laughs> anyway, everything shut down after we sang. <laughs> we shut down the house. And it was a great performance and really fantastic. Uh, that, that piece meant a lot to all of us. And... Um, she and I become friends, and she mentioned to me that this piece called Boxes that she had written was written for um, an honor choir, and they had paid her for it, They had, and then they called her up and said they weren't singing it. Now, it was an honor choir for young 
um, high school age sopranos and altos. So um, it may have touched on things they just weren't quite comfortable with because it's really talking about um, finding your identity, gender identity, and how, why do we put everything in boxes? Boys, girls, girls, boys. And really opens up to the possibilities of of really living in the gray a little bit more and and caring about people as individuals and not getting so caught up in identifying where you fit and and labeling people, right? It's a cool piece and it, and it's a little bit, you know, um, Broadway in style and has some little vignettes, spoken vignettes in the in the middle of it. And uh, I think it fits perfectly with finding home, finding Absolutely. where you fit. So it keeps on with that with that theme. Yeah, and you're premiering it. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Congratulations. And she was moved to tears and and she came to the leadership um symposium where we sang it a few weeks ago. And um it was so cool. She listened to us as we were warming up on stage and then we went back to a room and she came with us and we were working on a couple of things that I thought we could clean up a little bit. And she goes, "That doesn't work, does it?" And I said, well, we're having a little trouble making this forte piano work. And she goes, let's change the word. Put it on this word. Instead of the forte piano on this word, change it to this. So we did it right there. And everybody felt like, you know, so very connected. Absolutely. You know, we were in the, and all the singers felt in the process. And it just lit a fire under them. And it was was really special. I think the thing that's going to jump out at people is that, I hit the table. We really try to change our tone to be appropriate for the genre so that we don't sing all genres. Oh, there's the Atlanta women's chorus. They always sound like this. No, we don't always sound like that. We have a beautiful tone. There's no question. But it changes if it needs to be more forward for a a pop tune where the placement's forward and it's much more crisp. Or Broadway, where you've got to have a, a little more warmth and roundness and forward. The text is so important. And so we try to really put some different color in the sounds that we're making. So I think that's one thing that jumps out. Um, there's a lot of home songs. So when you're looking at the program, it's going to be home, 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 home in some different form or fashion. But we open up the second half singing Homeland by Randall Stroop. It's a classical piece that really with all the things going on in the Ukraine right now, that how they must feel of their homeland being ripped from them. Um, It's something that we've been talking about in rehearsal and considering how we may play into that. Hopefully it will be done by April 30th, but something tells me it may be dragging on, um, you know, terrible, bitter, awful way. But that song is really about pride in your country. And I feel like we've had some struggles where if you had pride in your country, you might've been thought as a different kind of person or maybe a person that wasn't loving and kind to everyone or who knows. But we should be proud of our country and we can still be proud of our country. So it's a, it's a balancing act, right? You know, it isn't amazing that you you had that in your sights prior to all this yeah. and just how this is just so hand in glove right now with everything. So, you know, I think there's probably a lot 
in, in, in the HMC concert as well. It's just, yeah. it's very on tone, on message, and it's, and the adaptability to where people are. It's going to be mm-hmm. so good. Pulls in those emotions, right? Yes. And like those, totally. those deep emotions will, will find the new things that are happening in the mm-hmm. world. You know, they, they fall in. If I can remember, we're doing a piece in, in, it's really old church Slavonic, but it's by, it's by a Russian composer. Mm-hmm. And there was a conversation of, should we, should we not do this piece? And my answer was, no, this piece is, is we can dedicate this piece. This piece says salvation is created here on this earth, right? right? And so how can we sing for those people in Ukraine and for those people in Russia that want that peace? Correct. Right? How can, how can we right. sing for them too? And which was also, it's a lovely thing, you know, choral music, music's the best thing in the world, right? And our, our ensembles are full of these wonderful people who care deeply and we get to have these conversations mm-hmm. in ways that are life-changing for us as directors Absolutely. and for them as singers. And, yeah. I oftentimes think, when, where would I have this conversation if not here? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Aren't you partnering with some, some organizations on this show? I right. think that's really interesting. So we're um, reaching out through the foster care system. Um, we, we want to collect for foster care children, um, items that they need. And so we're partnering with with um, a couple of groups, we think, we're in the process of everything right now. But yeah, um, I think that, you know, we always try to give tickets to groups that maybe would be interested in coming and give some free tickets to them. And hopefully we'll have some kids there. Wow. You are both creating not just a concert, you're creating an experience, you know, a life experience um i i can't imagine missing either one of these shows i think there's gonna be amazing so remind us what your dates and times are for that finding home is april the 30th saturday april 30th at 2 and at 7 p.m at grace united methodist church on ponce yeah right there right there in midtown yep and parking's pretty good there too (laughs) believe it or not (laughs) (laughs) well we've kind of been touched on this but you know it's such a rare treat to get the two of you the same time with all your busy schedules in the same room and just talking about your courses. And I'm just kind of curious. I think we'd all love to hear this one. You know, I'd love to hear your perspectives on each other's course on just, you know, where you think they are from objective artistic director. Tell me about what your impressions are about that course. So Missy, any, any thoughts what you have about the AGMC? So I think Don knows what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. I think he knows because I told him. (laughs) Not before this, but but I told him at um, his holiday concert this year how tone, musically, the chorus had just, and here, coming back, right, after the pandemic. But there was a huge leap forward in this um, joy and freedom within the vocal apparatus that was really happening. And it was just so lovely to hear. I mean, it's been coming. It's been coming. I have that critical ear. I tell the truth. <laughs> but I tell it about my own singers Absolutely. as well. They, yeah. they will tell you that I do that. <laughs> but but it's really, it's really turned a corner and really making this really beautiful music and and adding those different flavors and colors to the genres. I mean, it's important not to just sing music that's pretty, yeah. but really expressive. Yeah. 
So that, that's, that's number one for that's me. That's a pretty high praise. It is at high. And she so, don't praise people. No, I know. Wow. <laughs> that's like, exactly <laughs> what I told the court. <laughs> so after I, I, I gave them that compliment from Missy and I said, and Missy doesn't give compliments unless she actually means that. Yeah, I don't get a fake praise. <laughs> no, I don't. I, uh, that's false I, praise. I know is that just and not, appreciate that about, yeah. about Missy. Yeah. Well, that's pretty high praise. Any thoughts from your perspective on the women's course these days, Don? I, I love the women's course as a whole organization, but uh, I want to praise their tone as well. That so many women's choruses try to make this thin, pure, boy soprano-y sound, right? Mm. Because it's what a lot of us Guess grew what? Up. They're not boy sopranos. They're not boys, right? <laughs> and so- and and so I love that the Atlanta woman, women's chorus makes a womanly sound, right? It is mm-hmm. full, it is rich, it paints in many colors. You know, I talk about color palette a lot with 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 the men, and the women's chorus does this really well. That you you don't just have the sound you make. There are there are choruses that make one sound and they're great. Correct. They sound great, yeah. And they're great. But they sing a lot of the same kind of yes. music, so it, it makes sense that yeah. they sound they that just, way all they the time. They just do one thing. Yeah. I think of the, the Louisville Cardinal Singers, right? Huh. They make one sound, and that sound is dynamite. Just, I love hearing them sing, but I don't want to go hear many concerts. And so I like I love the fact that Women's Chorus paints in many colors and that they do inventive repertoire, right? Try it's it's a it's a big deal, and we get to I think gala choruses get to get to do that on a level that other choruses don't. We get to be a little riskier in the fact that our audiences uh, don't just tolerate it like a lot of classical going audiences do. They will um, tolerate doing some new stuff. Our audiences kind of want it, and and. So we go for it mm. and it's really a, a cool, successful thing. And, um, and yeah, I'll say, I just like the vibe of your chorus is wonderful. Like they, they feel good. They love it so much. It is evident in the way they perform and the way they interact with each other. Yeah. Um, to, to love on both of our choruses. We, we just sang at this Gala Leadership Symposium and you better believe the loudest applause for the AWC was from the men's chorus. And vice versa. versa. They meant it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and it's not, they're not putting on airs. No. They, they love each other and they, they support each other. They watch each other grow. They care about it. And that's, that's cool. That's not. Truly. It's not yeah. that normal in the, in the choral no. world, in the music world. People kind of do their thing for themselves. And so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. You all have done it. You 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 took your courses through really hardships of two years of just a lot of curveballs. It was just one big curveball. It was. Uh-huh. I mean, and and Sometimes you're coming out. You're coming ball. out strong. You're coming out strong. You're coming out strong. Yeah. I mean, your 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 holiday show was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was good. So was, good things. I thought it was good. Yeah. Okay. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. All right, one more thing, and uh, we're going to wind this thing up. But I I just know there's just some stories, Don or Missy's story, that you just, oh. you know, anything you want to just share about your your your, your counterpart here, you know? Any oh. any favorite Don stories? Any favorite Missy stories? Oh. I, I have one. You have oh, you, one? You have one? Oh, I'll have to think. All right, go ahead. Um, 
It's from a couple of weeks ago. So oh. Catherine Dalton, who I've known Catherine for 12 years, 13 years. She's a Unitarian Universalist. And I work at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Atlanta. So I've met her at the UU conferences. We drink beer together. And so we were standing, there's three of us in a circle. And Catherine said, your choruses were perfect. Oh. And Missy and I looked at each other and went, no, oh, they weren't. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and, and we were... And this is like a standard thing, yeah, right? That we were both in that moment extremely proud. Absolutely. Just over the moon with how our choruses had just performed after six rehearsals. Right. Yeah. And and like and we should have bet. They were awesome. They and were. We, we felt so great. And had they performed that way in April, we would have both been upset. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just still more time for growth. I mean, that was at the end of February. And the concert's not until the end of April. We're going to keep growing. We're going to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that we share that standard with each other and just that like little like moment of just, we looked at each other and went, no, but yeah, but thank you for your lovely compliments. (laughs) Graciously accept, but at the same time, yeah. I've since been told by someone that I should just smile and say thank you. But I don't know if I can really agree with that. There's, there's, it takes a certain bit of grace, but because they're like, you really want to go there? Okay. I mean, you said it. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yep. Don, um, I, you know, there's not one thing I can particularly say a story about, but it is Don's overwhelming exuberance for life that comes out in every encounter that you see him and that giant smile and this joyfulness that just spills from him that I carry all the time. I see that constantly. I, I don't think there's ever a day that I think of Don that I don't think of that. That's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's You're nice. Welcome. It's truth. It's, it's true. It's pretty it's great. true. It's true. Yeah. We can make music for a living. I mean, right? that's, it's pretty awesome. It is. <laughs> well, these are going to be not to miss shows, by the way. So April, April uh, 10, tickets, April 10, tickets. April 30. <laughs> I mean, this is a ticket. This is a ticket not to miss either one. So uh, I'm just going to tell our listeners now, get it now and get several. And, uh, and, and it give as a gift. You know, you're going to be given the experience of these shows of, of great music, but also a moment uh, there's going to be moments that are just going to be mm-hmm. deeply penetrative, I think, in the, in the heart and emotion of, of the of the audience that you may never know for for a while. But you, I think it's just going to be an amazing coming out room thing. Um, and I'm just so proud of you both. And I'm proud of our courses, you know, um, you know many of them. So grateful for that. We're so, proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm glad to be part of, it's part of, uh, part of, uh, your stories as well. Grateful but, to be here with you. Mm-hmm. What, a, what, a, what a fun time this has yeah, been, Dan. It's fun. It is. Um, well, it, in closing, I just want to say thank you for really just giving your time. And I know folks are going to really enjoy getting to hear your stories and just, they don't always have this kind of access to you. So it's, it's really a nice, really nice treat for us all. But uh, for those of you who are listening, as I said, we're, we're coming back out after all, all this pandemic um mess here and uh, getting these podcasts back. And uh, our, our next episode coming up in a few weeks, we're going to be talking with Daniel Ramos, who is uh, who leads Debonair Films. And he is going to be exploring the art of storytelling and how storytelling as filmmakers is influencing companies and organizations alike. It's, it's one of the new trends in reaching audiences 
that you're going to want to uh, hear about more as Daniel has to share about that. And so, in fact, if you have any questions, even before that show, you can email us here at eventpros at dunlopproductions.com. But anyway, uh, on that note, I just want to wind things down and uh, bring the show to a, to a fitting close. Um, I'm Dan Dunlop, and it's been a great pleasure having you with us today. And thank you to my guests, Don and Missy, for joining us. Please get a ticket soon and uh, get several for this amazing show. And uh, I want to say a special thanks to Kevin Lipsy, our master audio engineer, for keeping the show sonically sounding so good. Couldn't do this without you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Uh, and as we say at the end of every good show, thank you, and that's a wrap. <laughs>